Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the JRPG Report. In fact, this is episode 237. My name is Dalton Suter, and I apologize for there being no episode last week. Uh, it was kind of light news. And uh, on top of that, I'm not going to lie to you guys, work has been kicking my absolute butt. <laughs> Today it was day five of seven in a row. So it's been rough, but I am here. And this week it was kind of like, man, the news was just trickling out, trickling out. And I had a few and I was worried that I was like going to have to put out a relatively short episode for you guys. And then boom, big old wave of stuff came out. So hopefully you were all settled and nicely uh, comfortable at work or driving or wherever you're going. If you're driving, please drive safe. And let's roll right into the news, shall we? Starting off with Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida revealed that Square Enix plans to distribute a demo for the upcoming game sometime in the future. When asked about future developments of the game, Yoshida stated that more information about it will appear close to the end of 2022. This is where he mentioned the prospect of a trial version appearing. The reason being that the team would like to keep the momentum of the upcoming release going. This means that a demo is on the horizon, but it will appear closer to when Square Enix will reveal a more concrete release date for Final Fantasy XVI. Right now, the game is slated for a summer 2023 release, which was shared through a trailer. A more finite release date will be announced sometime later this year. And in other Final Fantasy XVI news, in an interview with Dengeki, Final Fantasy XVI director Hiroshi Takai extrapolated on the differences between the difficulty of the story mode and the standard version of the game. He stated that both versions are functionally the same, with the exception of story mode coming with accessories to make the journey just a bit easier for those more interested in the narrative. Specifically mentioning support accessories, Takai stated that there will be an accessory that will automatically perform combos when equipped. There will also be an accessory that will help players dodge attacks, but players can pick and choose what they want to equip. In the story mode version of Final Fantasy XVI, players will start with the aforementioned auto attack ring and a secondary ring that will slow down time just before an enemy is about to strike Clive. However, enemies will also have lowered health and attack with less frequency in story mode as well. So some Persona news for everyone. More Persona manga adaptations are coming. Udon Entertainment announced they picked up both Persona 4 Arena, the manga, and Persona 4 Ulta, or excuse me, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, the manga, and will release them in English. The first volume will appear in February 2023 and cost $13.99. Ayakia and Atlas are behind the Persona 4 Arena series. It follows the events of the first game, and there are three volumes in total. Udon versions will use the same cover art as the original, and following the February 2023 release of the first volume, the second and third will both appear in April 2023. As for the Persona 4 Arena Ultimax one, it follows the story of the second fighting game. That story was written by Yokuro Saito, and it spanned four volumes. However, only the first volume's cover and release window is available. That will show up in English in August 2023. The various Persona manga adaptations regularly appear in English. For example, Viz Media handled the Persona 5 manga adaptation. Yen Press localized Persona 5 Mementos mission and released it in December 2021. The first volume of Persona 4 Arena, the manga, will appear February 2023 in English. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax ports appeared on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, and PC in 2022, and those included the stories from both games and all DLC. Even more news coming out of Square Enix, they have shared more information about some of the characters and gameplay mechanics in the upcoming Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. In addition to previously described elements, Reno and Rude of the Turks were reintroduced, as well as 
Professor Hojo. There's also a fresh explanation of features like missions and the digital mind wave system. Reno and Rude are partners and members of the Turks, a group within Shinra Electrical Power Company's public safety division. Reno is a gaudy looking and arrogant. Meanwhile, Rude, or maybe it might be Rude Day, uh, is compassionate despite being quiet and seemingly unapproachable. Professor Hojo heads Shinra's science department and he leads the Genova Project and is deeply involved with soldier research, often conducting experiments on humans. Of particular note regarding these characters' introductions is that Reno will still be voiced by ooh, Keiji Fujiwara. And Fujiwara, who provided the Japanese voice for Reno throughout much of the Final Fantasy VII series, died of cancer in April of 2020. Square Enix also talked more about Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII reunion gameplay. For example, missions will be given to Zack Fair, a member of Soldier and Games protagonist, by both the Shinra Company and the Townsfolk. These are separate from the game's main storyline, and will be reward and will reward the players with items such as materia, with the harder missions offering better rewards. Furthermore, the digital mind wave functions as the game's limit break system. When used, the slot wheels will spin automatically during battle. If they stop on matching patterns, Zack can receive buffs and perform limit break attacks. The DMW can also enter summon and chocobo modes. During these modes, the reels patterns all become either summons or creatures depending on the mode. Should all three patterns match when the reels stop, the summon slash creature shown is called into battle to unleash a powerful attack. However, if the reels don't stop on matching portraits while in chocobo mode, it will trigger a dud, dealing damage to Zack and inflicting him with stun. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion will release for the Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC December 13th, 2022. So in some Pokemon news, not long after the new Ghost Pokemon made its debut in a Pokemon Scarlet and Violet video, Nintendo shared additional trailer and details for the dog-like buddy, now dubbed Grevard. It is a pure ghost type that is known for being friendly and, while unintentional, dangerous. Gravard is about the same size as an actual dog. As the Pokemon's details confirm, is it, about, it is about 2 feet tall and weighs about 77 pounds. It knows the pickup ability, which means it might pick up items both in and out of battles. Nintendo didn't share any signature moves for it yet, but it did note that the ghost dog Pokemon is known for its powerful jaws and the ability to absorb life force just by being around someone. In the wild, you might not initially see a Gravard roaming around. Rather, you'll only see the candle on the top of its head peeking above the ground. If you get too close, then it will appear. The initial video revealing the character showed how it might inadvertently harm someone nearby. A person is filming ghost-type Pokemon and happens upon the character, and as the two play fetch, the person's filming's life force is gradually zapped away. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will come to the Nintendo Switch on November 18th, 2022. So... Some news for Trails fans. NIS America has confirmed that The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie, aka Hajimari no Kaseki, is coming next year with a summer 2023 release window. And it will include a PS5 version. It has also uploaded the opening movie for the game. The movie is around two minutes long and features the cast of both the Crossbell and Erebonian sagas. Trails into Reverie came out in Japan in 2020 for the PS4, and Neon Falcom later ported it to the Nintendo Switch and Windows PC in 2021. With a 2023 PS5 release, this will be the first time part of the Trails series has appeared on a next-gen platform. Reverie serves as a conclusion to Lloyd Banning's Crossbell arc, covered in Trails from Zero and to Azure, as well as... Reen Schwarzar's Erebonian arc from the Trails of Cold Steel series. It also serves as a prelude of sorts to the Kuro Nokoseki games, which do not have 
international release windows as of yet. The opening theme of the game is Megumi Sasaka, excuse me, Megumi Sasaka's No End No World. The Falcom sound team composed it with Hideaki Hamada writing the lyrics. Kiro no Kiseki, which chronologically takes place after Trails of Reverie, came out in Japan in 2021. Its sequel, Kiro no Kiseki 2 Crimson Sin, came out in September 2022 for Japan as well. It is likely that NISA plans on localizing the two games for a Western audience after Trails of Reverie, Trails into Reverie. So The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie will come out for the PS4, PS5, Nintendo Switch, and Windows PC in summer 2023. You can pre-order the limited edition and merchandise from the NISA online store. So the newest figurine of Atlas's mascot and Shin Megami Tensei's staple, Jack Frost, will be made by Square Enix. The company announced it will join its Bright Arts Gallery collection of figures. Like all others in the lineup, it will be made of a shiny, die-cast metal and is currently appearing on the Square Enix e-store in Japan for 3,960 yen or roughly $27. However, in the past, the company has offered characters in this collection worldwide, and it is expected to ship in Japan January 2023. This Jack Frost figurine will be a tiny guy, standing just under 2.5 inches tall. It is made of zinc alloy and permanently posed in such a way that the character appears to be waving at someone. In the past, most figures in the Bright Arts Gallery collection tended to be from Square Enix games. In particular, notable mascots from Final Fantasy games showed up. Two of the first were a Cactuar and Tonberry. These did appear in the company's storefronts worldwide. Another reliable source of Jack Frost merchandise is the Shop Atlas storefront. Atlas opened this online store in November 2021. Items like a $39.99 Jack Frost plushie and a $44.99 hat are sold there. The Atlas Jack Frost Bright Arts Gallery figurine will appear in Japan in 2023. So the Kingdom Hearts Tamagotchi debuted in Japan in October 2022, and the means of getting the heartless form of Fursora appeared. However, it turns out it ends the game for people when they do. If someone lets Sora or presumably your active character quote-unquote die, then they will turn into a heartless. Death is a common fail state with this kind of virtual pet. It can happen in Tamagotchi runs due to either er user error or old age. Depending on the version you're using, there could be a different ending scene. For example, you might see an angel or a ghost next to a gravestone. It's currently unknown if there are different, quote, death scenes in the Kingdom Hearts Tamagotchi. The Kingdom Hearts Tamagotchi doesn't feature just Sora. As you play, you might unlock characters like Donald, Goofy, Riku, Kairi, Roxas, Axel, Xion, Aqua, Ventus, and Terra. There are also themed foods, mini-games, and events, with heartless enemies also appearing occasionally to a quote-unquote attack your character. The Kingdom Hearts Tamagotchi is available in Japan, but a worldwide release date has not yet been confirmed. So in other Square Enix news, Square Enix has released a story trailer for Tactics Ogre Reborn ahead of its launch next month. Tactics Ogre Reborn is coming on November 11th, 2022 on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC via Steam. The crown jewel of the tactical role-playing genre is Reborn. Pre-order now for an exclusive bonus. Defend the glory of the Valyrian Isles. Take on war-torn nation's turmoil as Iron-Willed Denam Pavel, a young knight with a strong sense of justice and a score to settle. Besieged from all sides, you're tasked with taking on the Galgastain and the oppressive Bakram Valerian, rulers in orders to bring peace to the long-persecuted Wallister people. Build your party from loyal allies and hired units and lead them to victory for the peace for your countrymen have sought for so long. Everything good is worth fighting for. 
Which path will you take in this twisting saga where every decision has weight and every encounter might be your last? Victory is never certain. How will you prevail? Tactics Ogre Reborn features updated game design, fully voiced cutscenes, improved graphics, and reorchestrated soundtrack. Immerse yourself in the fantastic and fascinating world and intrigue of Tactics Ogre like you've never seen before. In this age of conflict, which path will you choose? So Nivon Ichi Software has shared new screenshots and information for Disguise 7, introducing the story premise, character cast, new monster classes, and game locations. The main story of Disguise 7 will revolve around the seven founder weapons. Each of these weapons will resonate with a key character, who will then gain strength powerful enough to defeat deities. In-game, these weapons will unlock a Godslayer gauge appearing in the equipped character. When this gauge is filled up, the character can activate Godslayer mode to unleash stat buffs and special techniques. Nibonichi Software also revealed that Disgaea 7 will have 13 demon magistrates that party will have to fight against. These are led by the Demon Admiral Opener, who also happens to wield the Divine Gauntlet as one of the founder weapons. Susin, a previously revealed character, is also revealed to be one of the magistrates. And if you would like more information on Disgaea 7, I did retweet this and also... Uh, there are a lot of screenshots that it goes into describing, and I don't want to bore you guys with just describing screenshots and stuff. So if you'd like to check this out, go check out us over on Twitter, and I will be sure that that is there for you guys to look at. Now, up next, it turns out Story of Seasons A Wonderful Life won't be a Switch exclusive, as PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC versions are also on the way. Xseed Games confirmed that it will be a multi-platform. Every version will appear in North America at the same time. However, there's no exact release date beyond summer 2023. To go along with the reveal, there's a new trailer showing how the updated version of what was originally Harvest Moon A Wonderful Life looks. It uses footage from the Switch version of Story of Seasons A Wonderful Life, so people don't get to see how it looks on the PS5, Xbox, or PC just yet. However, it does show what it's like to farm, mine, interact with villagers, and potential romance options, and spend time with your family as you all grow up. As a reminder, the new feature here is the ability to age. After getting married and starting a family, your character, your spouse, and your child will all gradually grow older. This, is, this also means new special events going over certain milestones as the years pass by. Story of Seasons A Wonderful Life will come out on Nintendo Switch, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC via Steam Summer 2023. The original Harvest Moon A Wonderful Life appeared on the GameCube and the PS2. So now that the Wanderer of the Rift Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin DLC debuted, so did a transmogrification feature that lets people make cosmetic changes to party members with what is essentially layered armor. After updating the game, people will be able to customize how the characters look with owned equipment. However, that appearance will differ from what items Jack and the rest of the cast actually have equipped. And it's basically like if you've played Final Fantasy XIV in the transmog system, it's the same thing. Or it's the glamour system. It's transmogging in a WoW, and in Final Fantasy XIV, it's glamour. Up until this latest DLC release and update, people in Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin had no purely cosmetic options for armor. Whatever you equipped on someone like Jack showed up in the game. Wanderer of the Rift adds multiple new elements to Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy 7 or, or excuse me, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Chief among them is an appearance by Gilgamesh, a reoccurring character in the series. The new difficulty level is named after him and involves the new chaos monsters to fight and summon based relics. People can also make Jack into a blue mage. This will introduce the monster bell system. Jack and the team can take on the summon stones and use them to interact with various monsters. And once it trusts you, 
you can summon it to fight as an ally. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is available for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC, as is the new Wanderer of the DLC, or Wanderer of the Rift DLC. My goodness, I cannot talk today. And a short little news thing right here, but if you're interested, I did retweet this. Publisher Square Enix and developer Acquire have released the second official trailer for Octopath Traveler 2, featuring Particio and the Merchant, or <clears throat> Particio the Merchant and Oswald the Scholar. Particio and Oswald are two of the game's eight new protagonists, and the trailer also introduces the new battle mechanic latent powers and a new way to travel across the continent. Octopath Traveler 2 is due out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam on February 24th, 2023. In something of a surprise announcement, Square Enix revealed that Star Ocean The Divine Force can now be streamed through NVIDIA GeForce. This means that users with the appropriate hardware can now stream Star Ocean The Divine Force on any supported device. NVIDIA GeForce is a cloud gaming service that allows consumers to stream their games freely to a multitude of devices like smart TVs and Android devices. Star Ocean The Divine Force joins the NVIDIA GeForce service alongside games like Genshin Impact, Cyberpunk 2077, and Control. However, the service does have varying subscription type tiers. This will determine what range of service will be available. As the latest entry in the series, Star Ocean The Divine Force features a cast of new characters set on exploring another corner of a distant galaxy. The narrative is told from the perspectives of dual protagonists, Princess Leticia and Rey. Players can choose either as a perspective, oh excuse me, players can choose either as a respective starting point and experience the story from their point of view. Additionally, it features a revamped combat system to suit modern design sensibilities. Star Ocean The Divine Force is available for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC, and a demo is immediately available. So Fire Emblem Engage had their Weapon Triangle weakness chart shared. So the Weapon Triangle is a staple for Fire Emblem games, and now Nintendo has shared details about the Fire Emblem Engage weakness chart. It took to Twitter to confirm which weapons are strong or weak against others, and also explained that taking advantage of that knowledge will let allies or enemies break each other. First, Here's the tweet going over Fire Emblem Engage's weakness chart, and it shows that. With the classic weapon triangle appearing on the left side, as usual, swords, best axes, axes are strong against lances, and lances will beat swords. On the right side is the second chart. It notes that special arts, as a, a character might know, will be strong against an opponent who is using a bow, throwing knife, or tome attack. As for breaking, that's a side effect of taking advantage of weaknesses. In addition to dealing damage, a break can be triggered. When this happens, an enemy can't counterattack, even if their speed would normally have allowed them to follow up your attack. Likewise, one of your allies is hit by a strong attack against them, they'll lose the ability to counter. Fire Emblem Engage will come out to the Nintendo Switch on January 20th, 2023. And that is going to about do it for this week's episode of the JRPG Report. And that means it's time for some house cleaning, shall we? If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash JRPG Report. You can find us on Twitter at JRPG Report. If you'd like to support the show, which is would be wonderful, helps us keep the lights on around the house, patreon.com slash JRPG Report. And you can get your name shouted out on each and every episode like these wonderful people, Kim C., Jake W., Jordan K., Kularian, Taylor F., and Master Loot. You all absolutely rock. And if you'd like to hear more of me, you can check me out bi-weekly on the Steam Machine Podcast where me and my buddies Nate and Willie play through a backlog of PC games. Sometimes they're JRPGs, sometimes they're not. Right now we're playing through Yakuza Kiwami, which is a great, great time. Um, also, if you'd like to hear a more NSFW 
show. You can find me on Yab's Pod, yet another BS podcast with me and my buddy Jeremy, where we just shoot the bull for multiples of hours, just depending on how many listener questions we get in. And I'd also like to give a shout out to the other shows that are under the TSMP Productions banner, one being Revival and Extinction, which is a podcast where our buddy Adam from Australia talks about whatever game he's playing that week or an anime that he's watched. He covers gaming and anime. He plays them for at least five hours and lets you know how good they are. And I'd also like to give a shout out to Team Retrogue over on YouTube. Go check him out, if you, especially if you're into handheld gaming. He goes really in-depth about different handheld systems and the good and the bad and the ugly and all of that jazz. Check all of them out. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the JRPG Report. Hopefully we will be back next week with some more exciting news. And until then, everyone, do me a super duper solid, get back out there, and level up.